Hey guys, Darkside again for Vital MX. Right now I got another Phoenix Honda rider on the line, Jace Owen. What's going on, Jace? Uh, not much. Just uh, just got done doing a little workout. I actually had a good day of riding on the new bike. Uh, today was day three on the uh, on the Phoenix Honda. So just trying to uh, adapt to the bike. You know, it's been a couple years since I've been on the Honda. I actually rode for Phoenix before uh, before I went to club yep. and was on that bike for two years. So just uh, excited to to be back on uh, back on the the Phoenix bike and getting uh, getting to lock some laps. Good deal, man. We're going to get into all that, but I, I kind of want to step back for just a second. You guys, I just want to know how you feel coming off these, we'll call them quote-unquote post-race or post-season races, the World Supercross, et cetera. How you feeling about it? Yeah, the World Supercross deal was uh, it's pretty awesome. Um, you know, for me, like I've actually done quite of overseas racing, obviously not the World Supercross, but I spent quite a few years in Germany, like during the winter doing the, that Supercross series and um, you know, I raced Paris a few years. Um, so for me, like I was actually really looking forward to the world supercross thing when it came up. And, uh, I honestly, I put in a lot of like hard work, uh, during the summer and stuff, even though I didn't race outdoors and, you know, I'm not much of, of an outdoors guy. Like I still just stayed at club riding and training and, uh, and then like probably about six weeks before, uh, the first world supercross, we started, we started riding supercross. And, uh, honestly, I felt really good and I had very high expectations for myself. Um, you know, but, uh, I went to Cardiff actually and I qualified fastest, which that was like kind of a confidence booster. And then, uh, you know, just when the racing happened, uh, the first main, I just ended up having like a, a rear brake issue. So I wasn't able to finish and then had to hop on the spare bike and didn't really f just feel comfortable, honestly, um, switching bikes like that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we went into the second round in Australia and just kind of tried to push through it, but, uh, had a couple just like freak things and, um, you know, and qualifying. And then kind of once the racing happened though, in my heat race, uh, I got second, me and Oldenburg actually battled. So like, I felt like I kind of got back on, got the train back on the tracks. And then, <laughs> uh, the first main event, I got a good start and actually ended up uh third. So, you know, I set myself up good for, for the uh, night of racing on that. And then, the second main um, just ended up having a, a little a bike hiccup and I uh, wasn't able to uh, finish. And then that kind of took me out for the night. So mm. as far as like the racing part, um, you know, just luck wasn't on my side, I guess you could say. And uh, I wasn't able to really <clears throat> put together, you know, consistent races, I guess, to uh, to be in the fight. But I definitely felt like I had the speed to to be a podium guy and honestly even like win races. Oh, good to hear. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned not feeling comfortable on the spare bike. Now, for people that maybe don't understand, I'm assuming there was one spare bike for everybody, right? Not every rider had a spare bike. You guys can't take that many bikes, or they can't ship that many bikes across the uh, the ocean there. So I'm sure it wasn't set up exactly the way you wanted. It was just a general spare bike. Right, exactly. <laughs> You're exactly right with uh with that, um, you know, since it's, you can only have one spare bike and, uh, you know, and we didn't get to, uh, to ride the spare bike prior to it, you know, it's kind of just hurry up offense, getting everything together and with outdoors, just getting finished up and, uh, things like that. So it was kind of just like hurry up offense, got the bikes together. And then, uh, we went racing and, and the race bike and stuff it was really good, but, um, and the spare bike was kind of, you know, it, the engine and stuff was the same, but, uh, like you said, it just, 
was didn't get a ride it wasn't exactly my setup so mm-hmm. just to hop on it and like you know 30 second board up sideways <laughs> gate drop on a bike you've never rode sure it was it was definitely difficult like and and just you know not being comfortable and things like that but i tried to make the most of it um you know but i just wasn't able to push and the comfort level wasn't there yeah absolutely makes sense uh, when you do when you're in melbourne or you're in cardiff and there's a race that you you have prepped for does it still feel like you get a little bit of vacation time? I mean, is it is it a little bit relaxing getting to go see the world? Um, yeah, yeah, no. Um, you know, as far as like once you fly over there, like you know, you're kind of jet lagged out a little mm-hmm. bit too, just from like the long flights, especially Australia. Uh, you know, it it was like over, you know, it was like a twenty three or twenty four hours of actual like flying, not counting, you know, your layover time and things like that, and then that. And then also it's 15 hours ahead from where we are here in Charlotte, North Carolina. So, um, it was hard to adapt a little bit. Um, but I would say like we did stay, so we we raced uh, Saturday and then I didn't end up flying out until late Sunday. So we did kind of get to spend the day and tour around and stuff and just like able to sightsee a little bit and see things like, you know, was super cool. But I guess to answer your question, like, yeah, it kind of is like a vacation and, you know, we all went over there as a team, but obviously like, the main goal is, and you know, still over there for a job, like, and it's fun, but to race my dirt bike and, you know, I want to do the best I could do and be on the podium and, and be on that box. But, uh, you know, that I wasn't able to do that, but it still was an awesome experience. And I think heading into next year is definitely something that I want to do. And, uh, it being more rounds than just two, like, I think the two rounds was just kind of get everyone, get their feet wet a little bit with it, see what it's all about. But, turnout wise and spectator wise like I, I think they had a great turnout and uh just how the series was ran and um you know adam bailey like he he did a great job and things like that so honestly like my experience was great um the racing part didn't get the results i wanted but uh i guess there's always next year and come back for some redemption there you go i like that uh okay so 2022 supercross ended with i believe you were eighth overall in 250 east on the club mx bike that team from the outside to me seems like they're doing all they can to uh, to win and to be a top level team. So, with the announcement that just came, why the change to Phoenix Honda? I think part of that, you know, my relationship with Brandon Haas that owns uh, Club MX is great. Like we've actually had a, a pass even from when I was amateur, and then the first year when I turned pro in 2014. That was actually the first year that Brandon was involved with uh, doing like the pro side of racing. It was the Factory Metalworks team. I'm not sure if you remember, but yep. had uh, my teammates was Vince Freeze and uh, <laughs> the cat, AJ Catanzaro. So that was kind of like my first experience, like all the way back to 2014. And then, uh, you know, when I started riding for Phoenix, they trained at club. So, you know, I was back at club and uh, things like that. And then, uh, yeah, I would say, dude, the bike, the program, everything's awesome that they have going on. Uh, I think, you know, with um, J-Mark coming on board and, uh, you know, like obviously he's a championship guy, a lot of focus there. They wanted to downsize the team as well. And then I've had a pass with Phoenix and, uh, you know, they're still based in North Carolina. I have a house here. So honestly, all the, all the uh, stars kind of aligned and just made sense. Uh, you know, I could go back there, kind of felt like I could somewhat be the guy over there and get uh, a lot of attention and focus. And I felt like where I'm at uh, in my career, I just felt like uh, it was a, it was a great move for me. And also, you know, the Honda, I've had some 
really good results with that uh, in the past. But as far as like, you know, club riding for them for two years was awesome. The bike's really good. Uh, I'm still, what's actually really cool though, is like, even though I'm going to Phoenix, I'm still going to be riding and training at club. So like, as far as that goes, I still have all those guys to ride with, train with, uh, and everything. So like, I think really for me, the, the only thing different is just a little bit like the atmosphere of, as in the team wise, and mm-hmm. then riding a different color bike. Okay. Uh, now you mentioned you've been at club, you were at club previously, then you were at Phoenix and, and back at club back at Phoenix now. Uh, with a team like that, a mid-level team, this is actually a Michael Lindsay question, just FYI. Uh, what are some differences that fans may not see from a mid-level team to the next? You know, what from the outside, you see the semis, you see the, the canopies, everything. They almost look identical to a factory team. But there are obviously budget differences. There are parts differences. What's something that you can tell the fans that is, you know, for, from the rider standpoint, that's different between these different teams? Yeah, I think like you you said a little bit, obviously, it's just like budget. Obviously, budget for the factory teams, it's not unlimited, but they obviously, I feel like, definitely have a little bit bigger budget. Um, you know, also work part, works parts, things like that, where, um, you know, I would say, you know, even Phoenix or Club, like my experience with them, both of them, you know, they put everything into it. They grind, like they put in just as much work, I would say. I, I feel like personally, uh, you know, but like you're, you're not really getting the works parts and things mm-hmm. like that. So I feel like as far as the bike, maybe it's not quite, uh, you know, it's not quite as strong or maybe the engine's not quite as strong, but, uh, you know, s- the suspension that I've, I've had on the bikes, especially on my Phoenix bike that I'm on right now, the, uh, KYB Enzo stuff is really, really good. Like I'm actually gelling with that, uh, well, so, uh, I don't know. It's kind of a tough question to, sure. to answer, I feel like, but I think maybe just like you said, budget wise and maybe, not having quite as many things to try and, and tinker with resources. But sometimes yeah. I feel like it's almost better to not have so many things <laughs> to try just cause you can almost get lost, uh, you know, and then end up having to kind of, you just circle back around to right where, right yeah. where you started from. We see it all the time. Can a team like club Phoenix firepower, solitaire, et cetera. Can a team like that legitimately contest for a championship? Do you think? I personally, I definitely, uh, believe so. Um, you know, I think it's a lot about just who you surround yourself with as, as far as the team. And then obviously putting in the, the work et- ethic and, and the grind, um, you know, and having a good relationship. I'm actually really stoked because Heath Harrison, he's been one of my really good buddies for a long time and he kind of helps run the team over at Phoenix, but he's also going to be my mechanic for next season. So that's like a big, uh, I think a big help to me and like, Obviously, for people that don't know, like you still can get on a dirt bike and rip. So that's going to be like a, a good um, a good aspect for me, like to have at the races too. Just like helping me, I feel like, and not just necessarily being a mechanic, but also being there and being able to pick out things that you know he sees or other riders and and tell me. Like I think that'll be a great help to my program heading into heading into the twenty three season and on race day as well. Yeah, absolutely. Keith is good people. Um, oh yeah. Going from the Yamaha, which is arguably one of the best, maybe the best 250 platform from base. What is something about the Honda that you like better? You know, give us some differences in the two bikes. What suits you? Maybe even from each bike. What What are the highlights that suit you? 
Yeah. So I would say like, you know, after having a couple years on the, uh, on the Yamaha and then now getting on the Honda, which is, it's a new bike from, you know, what, what I rode before. Cause I was on a Honda from, uh, all the way back, really 2013, all the way through 20 until 20 through 2020. Mm-hmm. So I was on that thing for a long time. Even went through a couple of generations of that Honda, uh, the 250. Or now it's a, a new bike. So for me, getting on it was different. But I would say just the big things that stand out to me a little bit is uh, the Yamaha um, definitely, I feel like, has more weight, middle to back of it. Kind of rides a little bit lower, like steer from the back end. Not a lot of weight on the front. Um, seems just like a little bit shorter, fatter as to where the Honda. I definitely feel like there's more weight on the front end. Uh you have a lot more front end feel, uh, for me, like trying to adapt to it. It's almost like the bike has been like turning too, too much. Like it's very agile. Yes. Um, where it's kind of like a, it's skinnier. It's definitely skinnier. Um, it seems a little bit taller, like ride height for me compared to the Yamaha. Uh, you know, I, both bikes have been good. Um, but to only have, you know, three days on the Honda, I feel like, like where I'm at, like I'm starting to adapt with the bike very well very quickly but the two bikes definitely do have a lot different uh a lot different feel and then like the yamaha you know with like there's a lot of no like noise it's, it's very loud like you get a lot of engine noise and sure the from the airbox and you know where the filter is and stuff like at the front of the bike where the honda not so much it's kind of quieter um but for me yeah i would just say the biggest things is just kind of like the the way the bike rides the the weight where the weight is on the bike um you know the yamaha definitely has a very strong engine but the honda i'm happy with it so far and i definitely think we have some uh, room for improvement as well so okay uh michael Lindsay wanted me to ask if quote unquote making it in the traditional supercross motocross path well you know obviously so you're not really motocross but in the supercross path is still like the dream or the goal or if Recently, with hitting these World Supercross races and you know the off-season races you've talked about in the past, making some money, maybe maybe the goal, the dream has changed a little bit too. Let's just make a career out of making racing where we can to make some money. I would say for me, I definitely still have uh, you know uh, like like a rock that I want to flip over on the Supercross world. Um, you know, in AMA, I you know I did AMA for I did Supercross for. 2014 2015 and then i jumped into the arena cross world for quite some time and and i won a lot of races in that i won a championship in 2019 actually for phoenix uh, and then i definitely just feel like i've only you know had a couple years back into the supercross world and in 2021 was my first year with club but i uh tore my acl after the first race tried to ride through it for you know i made it a couple rounds ended up breaking my ankle so 21 was kind of like a wash and then i only had about six weeks on the bike coming into the 22 season so you know i didn't have a lot of momentum going it was hard for me i definitely wasn't up to pace when the season started um you know so you know i felt like for me like the biggest goal was to stay healthy and just see some steady improvements and you know like i was consistent i got eighth in the points it's definitely not where i want to be but it was something to build off of and i just want to you know continue staying healthy and uh for me i feel like being a top five guy and i would like to like to get a podium yet yeah in my career for sure where i'm at and and that can always change you know maybe 
maybe uh, things will start clicking and it could be even better than that. But I definitely for for next season want to uh, want to get some top fives and I would like to to shoot for a podium. But I do also enjoy the going overseas and racing. So I think that'll de- that'll be a part of my racing. It, as long as I'm racing in my career, I think that'll be part of it. Yeah. Um, but as far as right now, like I don't, I would like to just still focus on supercross and, um, I still do some races overseas, do the world supercross stuff. Definitely. And then, uh, you know, maybe, maybe when I'm done towards the end of my career, like maybe go back to arena cross and try to get another few couple championships in that. But who knows, just kind of see where it goes <laughs> and, and take it, take it year by year, day by day. Yeah. I've got a couple more questions and you brought up the, uh, the kicker arena cross that you, the series you won the championship in 2019. There's a couple of those arena cross. I think it's the kicker one, and then it was the Hoosier, which is something else now. Do mm-hmm. you feel like those those series that are trying to build something are a good road for riders to start off and, and build a career and then transition into Supercross? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, both the guys that run those series are really good, really good people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's still, it's not like the Amsoil Arena Cross, right. what that was. You know, Amsoil Arena Cross was, the tracks were gnarly, the tracks were tough for us. But we also, you know, it, it was kind of like the pro day. And then, you know, you had the amateur day on Sundays where for the, uh, you know, the kicker, the the Hoosier Arena Cross, they're racing all the classes. So they kind of have to build a track that's safe for everyone all the way from fifties to vet riders, the pro riders. So, you know, the tracks are definitely easier and there's not a lot to separate where back when the Anzoil tracks was, you know, you had massive whoops, like the, the racing was super tight. A lot of teams were involved in stuff. So I think like it, it's awesome that there's still the arena cross series, uh, going on. I just wish that they could somehow figure out a way to, um, to have the track, you know, like a little bit more technical and sure. just, just make it gnarlier. But I do, I still think it, it is great racing. Like it, it's indoor racing, it's tight racing. It can definitely help with your race craft just because there's not a lot of separation and it's, uh, it's tight. It's very tight, you know, like tens of seconds. And, um, you know, you come up on lappers quick when there's only 20 second lap times, you got to be able to think fast, maneuver quick. Like it definitely can help your race craft, I believe. Okay. Uh, last question, man. Just define success for you in 2023. You've touched on like what your goals are. You'd love to get some top fives, et cetera. But overall, for the whole season, what would be successful? I think, uh, you know, truthfully, is just staying healthy. And like I said, you know, I want to be a top five guy. I'd love to get on the podium. So, uh, you know, I got eighth in points in, in uh, the 22 season. Um, you know, if I can improve that, be top five in points. And then, you know, kind of set myself up, you know, even better for the following season and uh, just keep the momentum rolling. I think that would put me in a great spot. And then I would like to do uh, World Supercross. And I think with just <clears throat> the traveling and, and the racing overseas and my history that I've had, I would love to uh, fight for a championship in that. I think that that's kind of my goal and expectation, even though there's a lot of good dudes and a lot of, lot of competition. I think that just that that type of racing and the riding style and the way that the they built the tracks at least the first couple rounds suits me really well so i think uh, for ama supercross be top five in points and uh for the world supercross fight for a championship okay dude i love those goals man that's awesome and i can't wait to see this thing kick off and see how it goes yeah man i'm, I'm super excited <laughs> and 
I'm stoked on, on the opportunity to, to be back on Honda riding red. And, <laughs> um, you know, like I said, I've, I've only got three days on the bike, yeah. but I feel like I'm adapting to it, adapting to it very well. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of getting started and I'm actually just getting ready to, uh, I'm going to do Paris Supercross this year on the 250. Oh, sweet. So I will be right. I will be racing it on a Honda. So it'd be cool. You know, I'll at least have, I don't know, seven, eight days before I have to fly over there. But, yeah, I'll be, um, I'll be, yeah, there. no, I feel great. Cool, man. Yeah. I'm, I'll be there. So I will see you in a little over a week then. Maybe, I guess two weeks. Yeah, really. yeah. I guess, uh, yeah, you'll be over there and we can catch you up touch base and yeah see what you think of the old honda that's cool man i'll come by and say hi well, i appreciate you visiting with us tonight for a little bit and good uh congrats on the new deal and good luck yeah thank you i appreciate it dark side you got Thanks it for having me on yes sir man anytime you take care all right all right you too man all right